welcome to the latest episode of Oxygen Starved, the podcast that brings you your ABCs, adventure, books, and conversations from 11,000 feet with your esteemed hosts, Dr. Stacy Adler of the Mono County Office of Education and Mr. Christopher Platt of the Mono County Free Library. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Oxygen Starved Podcast, the podcast where we bring you adventure books and conversation from 11,000 feet in the beautiful eastern Sierra. And you know me. Let's let's face it. It's, it I'm not Stacy. I'm not Doug. I'm Christopher. And with me is... Stacy, and, of course, our intrepid producer, Doug. Hey, Doug. Hi, Doug. Hey, guys. How's it going? Going okay, thanks. Brisk, brisk, brisk. Brisk, brisk, brisk. Fall is upon us. But it's still, I thought it was going to be cooler this week than it is. The week that we're recording? Yes. Hopefully the week that we're listening, it's a little cooler. It's a little cooler. I mean, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's just, this is my favorite time of year. I I have to admit. I love it. You know, uh... I saw some leaves changing on yes. cottonwoods this morning, and I thought, oh boy, it's right around the corner. Yep, when you look up Crowley Canyon, you look up towards McGee, mm-hmm. it's, you're getting that little strip of color going up there. and oh, just, It's one of the most beautiful times of the year. It is. It's so much fun. And you're you know approaching that time where you bake cookies and watch football and put on a sweater and stack I just, firewood. I just love that time of year. <laughs> We're all in the nesting mood right now. We're getting there. We're that's getting, for sure. We are absolutely getting there. Yep. Well, we've got a good episode ahead and mm-hmm. you and I had a little adventure recently. Yay, I know we did. It was so much fun. It has been a while since we've adventured together. together. So it was really fun. We always have grand plans of adventuring together and then our schedules get in the way. Or our spouses get in our way. No offense. Love you, Joe and Will. Yeah, Love you, you guys. Go. Exactly. Okay. Um, no, you know, one of the things that I've often driven by going up to Mammoth, everyone Mm -hmm. who skis or goes up in Red's Meadow and Mm -hmm. hikes or wherever, you drive by the sign that says the Mammoth Lakes Earthquake Fault. Yes. Turn here. Yeah. Like how many times have we driven by that stage? A million. A million. (laughs) Even when we were going to (laughs) actually make the turn, I almost drove past it. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, I haven't been there since I was a kid on a school trip. You had never been there. I had not ever. Let's do that. Yeah. So we turned off. We did. And we parked the car and (laughs) looked around. Well, where is it? But then we found the sign. We found a path. Right. Because Christopher, of course, took us on the wrong path first. But then we doubled back. Yes. Okay, there it's. Oh, and there it's right there. Right. It really, it really was right, (laughs) right there. But we had to walk down some cool steps, which. I didn't wear the right shoes, so it was a little <laughs> difficult, but we made it work. Well, describe for our listeners what you saw. So it's, it is unlike anything you've kind of ever seen before, and you have to walk down these stone steps, and there's there are these ropes to kind of keep you mm-hmm. from like falling in, and it goes very deep, almost like a like a circular... Like if you think of like a spiral, mm. the stairs kind of wind mm-hmm. down and then you look down and it looks like it's a bottomless pit. Right. You know, it's just there and <laughs> you don't want to f- fall down. You, you know, if you have vertigo, you it could get you a little dizzy it's looking much, down. It's much deeper than you 
first thing, yeah. when you're first kind of glancing at it from the mm-hmm. edge. And then when you walk down those steps to where you can kind of look into it, you're like, oh, goodness. Yeah, you wouldn't want to fall down. No, definitely, <laughs> definitely not. Seems to go forever. But the interesting fact of the matter is that although the sign says Mammoth Lakes Earthquake Fault, it is not a fault. It is, in fact, a fissure. Well, what does that mean? So... We consulted our resident podcast geologist, Joe Adler, (laughs) and who, you know, for a couple shots of tequila was able to give (laughs) us um, some information and um, share with us. So this is not a fault because the rocks on both sides have not moved much vertically or laterally relative to one another. Mm. Therefore, it is not an earthquake fault. fault. So, however, this fissure is up to 10 feet wide and 60 feet deep. Oof. So, it's you don't want to fall down you to the do bottom not of want it. To. And this does line up with the Inyo Mono craters, which we're hoping to have an adventure mm-hmm. to later this season. Mm-hmm. Um, it lines up with the Inyo Mono craters, and it is believed to be a part of the east west stretching that is gradually widening the entire basin and range region. I think that's right fascinating. Yeah, it's and quite it has something. Nothing to do with the east west stretching that is widening Christopher <laughs> slowly, year in and year out. <laughs> But no, it really is kind of, you know, yeah. it is like a big gash in the landscape yeah. on the side of Mammoth Mountain as you're driving up to the ski area. And right. you could see how someone would call it an earthquake fault at first glance. Sure, because it kind of looks like you would think an earthquake fault would look. And mm-hmm. we had an adventure a few seasons ago where Joe and I went out to the Mono Lake fissures. Fissures, yeah. And this one is much bigger Mm-hmm. You know, those you can see down to the bottom. You could jump, you know, mm-hmm. you could like kind of climb down to the bottom of those and you, you don't feel like they're so precarious. Mm-hmm. This you definitely felt standing on the edge and looking over like this is dangerous. Yeah. And, you know, it's scary to to look down. And um, the we, we asked about how old this was, mm-hmm. like when did this happen? And... Mm-hmm. Um, Joe said that this is probably about 500 years old based on the fact that the trees around it mm-hmm. are about 160 years old. Wow. So it's a fairly young... I was going to say, that's recent. In, in geologic Ireland. terms, yeah. yeah. So isn't that strange that 500 years <laughs> would be young, but that's the case. And the other interesting fact about this is that back, Years and years ago, when we'd have a lot of snow mm-hmm. in the winter months, the snow would pile up at the bottom of this fissure. And because it was so kind of deep and mm-hmm. it wouldn't melt out. Oh, right. So the Native Americans that lived in the area, they would keep their food mm-hmm. preserved in the snow at the bottom of the fissure. That is so very cool that's to learn about. Very clever of them. And they learned how to get down there and back safely. That's exactly what I was thinking. Well, I wonder how they got down there. But obviously they figured, built a ladder or whatever, figured it out. But um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's just an interesting thing. It's in our backyard. Yep. Um, and we've learned some stuff about it yep. today. And listeners, if you do uh, go to visit 
you'll experience what we experience, which is the the signage is being replaced, and mm-hmm. some of the the guardrails and the stairs look like they're getting some work done too. Yeah. So just be careful. Yes. Wear the right shoes and don't go stepping down things you don't feel comfortable stepping. Right. Because it is a pretty dangerous spot. Yeah. Or or try to jump in. Don't don't no, do that. Don't jump. Yeah. In. It's, it's much deeper than you think. <laughs> But we hope you'll check it out. And if you do, let us know. So stick around. We'll be right back. You're dialed in to Oxygen Starved, the podcast that brings you your ABCs, adventure, books, and conversations from 11,000 feet, originating from the slopes of Mammoth Mountain in Mono County, California. You can find us at SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us at OxygenStarvedPodcast.com. Just Make sure you find us. Welcome back, listeners. We have arrived at the B book section of our podcast. We shouldn't, we don't have favorites of our sections, but it is always fun to talk about books. That's why we're here. Yeah, I won't tell anyone this is my favorite. Is that what you're trying to get me to? Yeah, okay. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it is okay. why we're here, but teacher, is, librarian. Yes, it is why we're here because yeah. we love books. So this week we each read a thriller, mystery, suspense type of genre yeah. book, but we chose our own. Mm-hmm. So Christopher, tell us what you read. What is the mystery behind my door? Yes. Um, yeah, thanks. So I'm not, I'll just start off with saying I'm not a mystery thriller reader very regularly. I think I've mentioned that before. Yeah. So it was an opportunity to discover a new author mm-hmm. and a new book. And so I chose to read a book that just came out this summer by Daniel Silva. A lot of our listeners oh, will recognize that Very name. popular author. Very popular. And the book is called Portrait of an Unknown Woman. This came out to, like most of his other books, uh, really great reviews. It got starred reviews in Booklist and Kirkus and other places, and of course was a bestseller. Um, Some people just automatically hit the bestseller lists. He's, of course, a well-proven mystery writer. This is his 25th novel. Apparently, he cranks out about one a year. Yeah. And I don't know if he still has his day job. He was a journalist with like CNN and other places um, in the course of his life, including doing... um, overseas stuff, which might inform some of the characters okay. I put in this book. Um, <clears throat> like 23 of those, his books, or 22 of his books, this one, the central character is Gabriel Allen. And this character is an ex-Israeli spy, an immensely talented and knowledgeable art restorer, and lover of good wine. Yeah, so that, that last bit I love... <laughs> She sounds like the Dan Brown character in those other books that Dan Brown wrote. You know, he had the one guy Mm -hmm. and she's like the female version. (laughs) Kind of. uh, It's a he. So we'll start off with that. He's Israeli. Oh, he. Okay. He's half German or something like that. Um, The character has, of course, a massive backstory because he's been in 22 novels. And I guess each novel kind of picks up where the last one left off, but can be read as a standalone to some extent. Um, But yeah, it is... Thanks for saying that because I'm now thinking Da Vinci Code and all those other things where um, an artist or art historian or art restorer is part of the plot. Because when I was first picking this up, I was like, Israeli spy and 
art restorer. That, that, you, yeah. How does this work? But apparently he's made it work over now 22 books. And this one is <laughs> really good. So in, in Portrait of an Unknown Woman, I'm not going to give away too much um, because it just came out and everyone should go read it for themselves. Um, in this book, a centuries-old painting by Anthony Van Dyke has been mysteriously resurfaced. No one knew this mm. book this painting existed. So of course it prompts a few questions from people who pay attention to these sort of things. And the publisher blurb says, Gabriel soon discovers that the working question, a portrait of an unidentified woman is almost certainly a fiendishly clever fake. It's faked everyone in the, in the art world to find the mysterious figure who painted it and uncover a multi-billion dollar fraud at the pinnacle of the art world. Gabriel conceives one of the most elaborate deceptions of his career. If it is to succeed, he must become the very mirror image of the man he seeks, the greatest mm. art forger the world has ever known. Dun, dun, dun. dun. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I picked it up because it's not um, a typical police procedural mm-hmm. kind of mystery. It's like, oh, this is the art world. Yeah. You know, this is kind of different. And the character has a kind of interesting backstory. Um, again, this is the first Daniel Silva book I read. And while I probably would have had a deeper understanding of this character had I read a bunch of others, this it didn't detract from the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I did feel engaged with this as a standalone. Um, I did the audiobook version. So um, there were a few driveway moments where I didn't want to get out of the car. Right. right? <laughs> Silver is clearly expert with pace and kind of edge of your seat mix of, of action and intrigue. I'll also say I know next to nothing about art history (laughs) beyond the one textbook I have at home or certainly not art forgery. So I found the book interesting from both a who is the forger of this painting kind of mystery plot element, but also just from the interesting tidbits about art restoration and forgery that Silva weaves into the story, that kind of context where he's clearly drawing some facts from the real life to pepper the the fake story that he's building up. So for instance, I didn't realize that the high-priced art market is really rather unregulated and often Mm. buried in secrecy. So it kind of fosters this environment of forgery and intrigue and thievery and makes a perfect context for all these characters, you know, Mm to kind of come together um, that populate this story. Now, I will say there are a couple of plot twists that force the reader to, to uh, suspend disbelief, but most mysteries and thrillers, including Da Vinci right. Code, also <clears throat> do that. Yeah. So um, it doesn't detract from anything. The story is so enjoyable. I just rode with it. Um, and I agreed with one of the reviews um, that said it was refreshingly free of politics and pandemic, which is Which nice. is a nice thing, yes, for sure. <laughs> so they called it a perfect summer escape title. Nice. It's, it's um, by Daniel Silva, and the title is Portrait of an Unknown Woman. We have it at the library. It's a great read. I totally recommend it. We have so many of his books on our shelves that my husband, mm-hmm. he really enjoys mm-hmm. Daniel Silva books. Mm-hmm. I have not picked one up, but it sounds Good. Was it pretty fast paced? It was really fast paced. And I think, um, you know, probably what a lot of people, including Joe, are attracted to is that the character itself is very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, the writer is not writing down to the reader. He's That's saying good. this is an intelligent, smart mm-hmm. person who surrounds himself with intelligent people. His wife, the character's wife, is a, an art restorer herself. She's very intelligent. All the people right. that are regular, I guess, regular characters in his series are all very intelligent, interesting people. So, you know, it, it doesn't... There's no pandering. There's no pandering. 
I didn't get a sense yeah. of it at least. So well, good. yeah, no, I think a lot of people will enjoy this book. So Sounds intriguing. Well, I'm intrigued by what you chose to pick. So I chose the book Reckless Girls by Rachel Hawkins. Mm-hmm. And Rachel Hawkins is was a former English teacher, high school English teacher. Check. Before she became a writer. And she's actually published many young adult novels prior to this recent foray into, you know, novels for an adult audience. Mm -hmm. And so she's got a few books out. This is, this was, came out in January of 2022. So at the beginning of this year, I think Mm -hmm. she's since published another novel um, since this one came out. But this is definitely the... I'm stuck on a desert island. What could go wrong? <laughs> trope, right? <clears throat> so is that is that a trope? Did I s- use the right uh, vernacular? Yeah, to yeah, you did. Disguise that that trope. Yes. So Lux is the the kind of the protag main protagonist. She and her sailor boyfriend Nico are hired by these two bestie friends, um, Emma, Emma, and Brittany, mm-hmm. and. Emma and Brittany hire Nico to sail hit them to this deserted island called Moreau Island, which is in the South Pacific. Okay. And Lux is along for the ride. So they take off on this journey. They don't, nobody really knows each other. There's lots of secrets <laughs> lurking below the surface. And of course, along the way to the island, there is a horrible storm. Lux almost gets thrown overboard, but she survives and they make it to the island. And lo and behold, there's another boat already there. Well, how can this be a deserted island? But then it turns out they're just the six people, the two that own the very fancy boat that's already there. Mm -hmm. And then the four our four friends. Mm. And so there are six of them on this deserted island and they're partying it up and they're having a great time. And of course, you know, what could go wrong? <laughs> and then another boat shows up and the guy that gets off of this boat is kind of sketchy. Uh, and you're on a desert and island. And you're on a desert island and yeah, it's, you know, hijinks ensue. <laughs> As we love to say on this on this podcast, so one one reviewer said this was Bachelor in Paradise meets the Island of Doctor Moreau. I don't know what the Island of Doctor Moreau is. Oh, we have to add that to your reading list. But I can make a guess that this is probably right on. Yeah. You know, that's probably a right on assumption. Although I, you know. I kind of thought about Gilligan's Island. <laughs> of I, course you, know, you did, because it's us. I am of that age. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I kept hearing that theme song going through my head as I was reading this book. But I I mean, I, I really enjoyed this a lot. It's very fast-paced. You could probably finish this book in one day. Yeah. I did not, but I did finish it in maybe like three <laughs> Um, Because I have other things to do. Um, But, you know, the characters, they kind of, they were fine. You know, they're a little millennial. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this is who she is, the author, right? (laughs) She's like there. She's young. she's, She's pretty young. So the only thing that I didn't get was the title. So the title, again, is Reckless Girls. Hmm. But. There were 
three girls and three guys on this island when they all is mm-hmm. when all is said and done, and actually a fourth guy joins them. Mm-hmm. So they were are, all doing reckless things. I really don't understand reckless girls. That why does she pick that? Yeah, it doesn't seem. You know, there's. I just thought there was more to the novel than just the girls on the island being reckless. That's a that's a very good question. So did it leave you satisfied the ending? Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> so I wasn't mad at the way I wasn't <laughs> mad at the ending. I mean, you know, it was fine. It it was a satisfactory yeah, wrap, it was a good up, wrap up. And it it really the majority it moves along pretty at a pretty good pace and then the last couple of chapters speeds up like a hundred times, you That's know, good. like the Kinda author like was that. like, okay, I got to finish this cause I've got to turn into my publisher. So I'm going to just like, you know, bring all the drama. Um, oh, but dear. it was good. I enjoyed it. It was, I mean, it, it definitely kept me hanging in there. Like I didn't want, I wasn't in a hurry for it to end, to end. but so you know. it, it's interesting. Um, earlier when you said it was, it's been compared to the island of Dr. Moreau. So that's an H.G. Wells novel okay. from the late 1890s. And it's kind of a horror story about guy gets shipwrecked on an island with a mad scientist who kind of creates these hybrid creatures from animals and humans and stuff like that. And it's been made into movies. And there's a new book out, the title of which escapes me just this fall, that's kind of the spin on that. Oh, okay. Um, but what interests me is about it is, is Rachel Hawkins' book from last year was The Wife Upstairs, yes. which was hugely yes. popular. Yeah. And that was a spin, a more direct spin on the story of Jane Eyre. She actually really oh, cribbed that. So okay. I kind of wonder, I mean, I don't know this, but maybe it, does this author kind of purposely you know, it, classics? It could be as she is starting into her this foray into adult geared right. novels that she's taking classics and putting a spin on them because maybe it grounds her writing. You know, it seems like her young adult, she wrote a series mm-hmm. for young adults called Hex, the Hex Hall series, mm-hmm. which was yep. very popular and a little bit, a little bit Harry Potterish, a little, you know, mm-hmm. kind of private schooly tropey, you know, kind of, themed, but, um, you know, maybe she is just, this is her way to move into the adult space. Yeah, it might um, be. I, I don't know, but it was very enjoyable. I, I wouldn't mind, I would definitely pick up her other books. Yeah. Um, I mean, even the Hexall series seemed pretty interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> I might check that out at some point. I think Tessa would like that, but, um, yeah, it was, it was really good. And I do, I do read, suspense, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of fiction. Yeah. Um not all the time, but fairly often. And mm-hmm. I enjoy it. So this was um this was fun. Check the box. That's yeah, great. I definitely you would did. recommend it. I definitely recommend Reckless Girls by Rachel Hawkins. Well, listeners, we will put links to both of these titles on our website, so pay attention. Either go to oxygenstartpodcast.com or follow us on our Instagram account, and you will find links to these titles. Um, And I will find the name of that other Dr. Moreau book that just came out this fall, getting great reviews, and I'll put that link there as well. Good, because I might want to read that one. I think you'd like it. Yeah. Oxygen. 
a colorless, odorless reactive gas, the chemical element of atomic number 8 and the life-supporting component of the air. Starved, suffering a severe and damaging lack of basic material and cultural benefits. Oxygen-starved podcast, a colorless, odorless, culture-packed, nutritious podcast considering books, describing Mono County adventure, and engaging in informative conversation with colorful Eastside Sierra locals. Download it now. Welcome back, listeners. We are at the C conversation portion of our podcast, and we're really thankful and excited today because we have a return visitor. Yay! Yay! Kristen Reese, the executive director of the Mono Arts Council. You may remember she appeared on our podcast way pre-COVID. Yeah. Yeah, we were live in person recording that, I remember. Mm-hmm. And we've had you we've invited you back, Kristen, and you've graciously agreed um, to tell us more about what's going on with the Arts Council and what you've been up to. Thank Welcome you so back. Much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really grateful to be here. Um, yeah, we've, uh, you know, it's been interesting since we last um, met. <laughs> <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which I won't go into too many details. It was definitely a challenge for everybody, but mm-hmm. um, I'll just talk about what we've got going on, which is a lot of really exciting things, actually. Um, we were just awarded three grants from the California Arts Council, and um, they are all education grants, which I'm really excited about. One in particular is one that I have been working on trying to get for about four or five years now. Wow. And it's Artists in Schools grant. And it's going to go to a music program for the Eastern Sierra Unified School District. That's great. Which means a lot to me personally as a musician and being a resident of that area of Northern Mono County, Mm -hmm. being able to provide a music program to my neighbor's kids and people I've, you know, known for a long time and, Mm -hmm. and just for those kids in general, because it's something they've been needing for a long time. And, um, yeah, it's just really exciting and really rewarding. So what does that look like for our listeners who are kind of picturing in their head, but what does a music program look like? Sure. Well, so right now they have nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so what we're going to do is, uh, we have a teaching artist, amazing teaching artist, Peggy Armenta, who uh, works for the arts council and has a teaching credential and a strong background in music. And she's going to be going to every school, um, every, elementary middle school throughout Mono County to Benton, Levining, Bridgeport, and Colville twice a month. And she's going to be giving them music fundamentals and she'll be teaching the younger grades percussion and movement and other fun things. And then as they get older, they're going to learn ukulele and recorder and all kinds of fun stuff, and it's sequential. So it'll each lesson will build on the last lesson, mm-hmm. and the lessons will build upon themselves from year to year. Oh, that's great! And how often will she go? Be you know, see the kids. She's going like to try and get there twice a month. Okay, and then she'll have lessons that are pretty easy that she'll be able to pass along to the classroom mm-hmm. teachers, so that they can hopefully 
spend a little time with their students on the off weeks and give them a little bit of that um, sort of regular instruction so they're not just having music, you know, twice a month. That's so great. It's been such a challenge to find somebody who is able to make that commitment to get to our our northern county schools because they're so spread out. It's not something that just anybody wants to take on. Exactly. Yeah, we really... Really lucked out, and co- you know, Peggy is a COVID transplant, mm-hmm. which that's actually how I got a lot of my staff, which is really great. Um, she was in Southern California and decided she wanted to come and live in the Eastern Sierra, so um, we really lucked out. And um, you know, ideally, we'll be able to through the program maybe um, you know encourage some other people to want to get involved, so mm-hmm. that you know maybe there are people in you know. Colville area or Levining area that might be interested in helping out with the program. So eventually she's not going to have to drive all right. over the county. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which can be a challenge during some times of the year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, yeah. what else is coming on? Uh, well, um, we also have really started, uh, you know, doing some community outreach and partnering with Mono County Behavioral Health to bring family art programs in Bridgeport. Um, which are free, and they've been really fun and rewarding. We're going to be expanding that program to Walker eventually, um, probably in the next month or two, and then Benton as well. So that's exciting. And then um, we actually um, had an opportunity to partner with Sage Romero from the Akmaya Cultural Group Mm -hmm. in Big Pine. And he's been coming to our Gallery and Community Arts Center twice a month to do powwow social dance. I love that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's been really great. Um, he, yeah, he actually reached out to us. He has some people in Mono County that really wanted to start to learn this art form. And um, he's been teaching in Big Pine, but that's just a little too far for people in yeah. Levining mm-hmm. and Walker. So mm-hmm. he approached us to have a place that was sort of in between him and these other people. So we started that um, a couple weeks ago, and um, we're going to do that every other month. And then once a month, we're going to have a youth program. So it's open to all our Mammoth and Mono County kids to come right. from four to five and learn from him and learn powwow. Cool. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. Very really exciting. Cool. I'm signed up for one of your upcoming events. I'm very excited. Yay. <laughs> it's um, a knitting okay. right. cl- class with in November Sandra. with San- with a podcast friend, Sandra DiDemizio. There you right. go. Yeah. So I'm very, I paid my money. I'm Yay. all ready to go. What are you going to knit? A hat. hat. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I should well, laugh, sorry. Well, for me it might end up being like a, a doily or something, <laughs> but we'll see for most people it's gonna be a, a hat. <laughs> yeah, That's we're awesome. really excited to have Sandra joining us. Yeah, it's gonna be Good. really fun. Yeah. And you still do offer a lot of like sign up for like Peyton Wine. Oh yeah. Stuff. Yeah. We expanded our program to partner with Side Door. This summer, because they have that great little sort of outdoor veranda, mm-hmm. and we've been doing classes there once a month, and we had our Bob Ross fundraising mm-hmm. event there, which was super fun. People <laughs> showing up in Bob Ross wigs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Did you? Have... No, I didn't, and <laughs> I, I determined I'm not even Bob Ross 
quality. Like <laughs> my trees were not happy. They were smudges. And at one point I was like, I gave up. But everyone around me, including you, Kristen, did great. It was fun. Yeah. I thought yours were really good too. Oh, you're very, very sweet. I actually painted a shark in mine. I was like, if I can't do trees and happy clouds, well, I'll just put jaws. Sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I often substitute those two concepts in my mind. It works. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So we, yeah, it's been a lot of fun um, adding all these different programs and expanding our locations. Um, we're hoping to talk to Mono Inn and some other places about expanding out throughout the county. Terrific. So, yeah, great. It's fun to just keep on moving. That's great. Have you done any fun adventures this over the summer? We had such a nice summer here. I know we did. I, you know, I, it's funny because I feel like my summer didn't really even start until August. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You had the so 4th na- of July. I had the yeah. 4th of July mm-hmm. and we had some family things happen. And so I just feel like for me, summer didn't even start till August. And, and it was, you know, we had some fun things. Um, we actually um, explored a new area that neither my, Russ and I had been to, my husband, um, which was New Spicer Meadows Reservoir off of Highway 4. Wow. Um, yeah. Way out there. So you yeah. take, you're on 88. 89. 89 yeah. to 4. Yes. Okay. And it was, you know, prompted by t- talking about doing a kayaking trip where we would visit different, like multiple lakes mm-hmm. in one trip over mm-hmm. the course of like three or four days. Mm-hmm. And we had talked originally about visiting some of the lakes off of H- Highway 88. Uh-huh. Um, and then Russ started looking at a map and, you know, found this New Spicer Meadows Reservoir. And he's like, wow, that's actually a pretty good sized lake. It's like eight miles. And um, it's like, let's go check this out. So we hopped in the car and and went over there and it was gorgeous. Yeah, It was like you were in Tuolumne Meadows. So it mm-hmm. had that high alpine granite mm-hmm. kind of topography mm-hmm. and there was nobody there. Wow. It was the week after Labor Day or it's like the... Monday after Labor Day that we went and uh, we stayed in the campground that's connected to the lake and it was like us and two campground hosts for two nights and then the next two nights it was maybe two other campers so nobody and then no one on the lake because it's a non-motorized okay in most areas and then the areas that are motorized it's non non wake okay or whatever that's called yeah. so, so you can't speed around the lake so you don't yeah. get water skiers Love or that. any of that yeah. yeah and it was gorgeous um, so that was and then near there is the also the Utica reservoir so we explored that for a day hmm. as well How fun and it was just so perfect and the weather was great we had some rain in the evening but that mm-hmm. was really nice yeah. for keeping the temperature down and yeah, uh, it was just really nice to explore Perfect. a new place. So <laughs> that's yeah. great. I'm yeah. going to write that down. Yeah, I think we might have driven by that area when Tessa, my daughter, and I we were going to look at some to you look at UC Santa Cruz, mm-hmm. and we took four. Oof. And <clears throat> I mean, it was it was quite the drive, but yeah. there was a section you know there that was just beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, and, you know. 
new mountain of, oh, I've never seen this mountain, you know, for skiing. And right. I mean, just, yeah, it's it right was near, great. Near Bear Valley Resort. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was, it was, yeah, it was really, really fun to check out. I'll probably go back there because there's a lot of camping you can do on the lake mm-hmm. and not necessarily in the campground, Camp. which is what we would like to do next time. So to position that for our listeners, you would probably go up to the North County to yes. monitor pass. Yes. And yeah. turn there and go mm-hmm. over. Okay. Now I know where you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. Highway 4 is not for the faint of faint heart. Of heart. <laughs> no, I remember it's, that. Yeah. It's a turn off yeah. right there. You to turn, you go to Markleyville or you can go yes. on 4 and right. it warns you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it turns into one and a half lanes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and we kept, we were dying of <laughs> hunger because right. we were kept waiting for an in and out because <laughs> we always go to in and out when we, there, there was nothing. Yeah. There was absolutely nothing until we got to like San Joaquin County and yeah. then there was a farm stand. Right? Oh, yeah. You made it. Yeah. It's well, it's rough. fun to That's... fun to explore that kind of part of the country. Oh, definitely, though. yeah. It's... It it shows you how the Eastern Sierra is so big. Yes, you know, yeah. and there's always someplace new to explore, no matter how big of an adventurer you are, no matter how often you get out. There's just always a new place mm-hmm. to find. That's definitely. so cool. Well, Kristen, I remember you taking this trip because you Instagrammed a pic. You were sitting, I think, on the beach or something of this lake, and you were reading a book. Oh, that was actually right before we went. Oh, okay. But yeah, that was that, that was, was just was at June a Lake Beach. Oh, oh. That was at June Lake Beach. <laughs> oh, that's that's nothing then. Yeah, it was Sorry. like the the pre-holiday to the holiday. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how June we roll. Lake, June Lake Beach is like a perfect ghetto. Like if you want a beach experience because it's the summer, yeah. it is the quintessential place to go. Yeah, you can't, can't yeah. do that at Crowley. No, no. Um, <laughs> there goes my subtle lead into the book question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I blew that. I blew it. <laughs> Kristen, what have you been reading lately? Yeah. Well, to go back to that picture, (laughs) um, I started reading The Husband's Secret. No, I'm sorry. The State of Wonder by Ann Patchett. That's the one I Instagrammed. Um, And I'm about probably three quarters of the way through that Mm -hmm. one. Are you enjoying it? I'm loving it. Everyone loves Ann Patchett. Yeah. Yeah. She's so good. Yeah. It's just uh, very descriptive. you know, she has all these different areas of, you know, that she's uh, talking about through the story. I want to say India is one of the areas. And I think it's the, um, like the jungles of Brazil, maybe. Mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong um, on that. But it's, yeah, just like the way that she describes the regions and um, and her main character is, a, you know, this female scientist who's working for a pharmaceutical company and mm-hmm. you know she has these sort of drug induced dreams from the malaria medication she's taking and how she describes that is just really interesting and it's kind of a mystery because the um lead character has a colleague who dies mm-hmm. while you know during this research in mm-hmm. the amazon <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I'm just curious to see like what she discovers and, you know, how it's did, really interesting. How, how did you find this book? I actually just went to the bookie joint. <laughs> yeah. There you I, go. I know. I was, um, well, I kind of was there. I, I've recently been 
um, checking out Reese Witherspoon's book club. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I went there in search of one of her books and found out that it wasn't even on the shelves yet. And it was a hardcover. So I just started looking through what they had and this one looked interesting. So picked it off the shelf and I mean, you know, there is this awesome library here (laughs) (laughs) and my husband also works at, you know, a couple of the branches, but I am such a slow reader. (laughs) I pick up these books when we go on trips or Mm -hmm. when I, you know happen to have a weekend off, which is rare, that I just, like a library would not work for me because I, you know, sometimes take two months to read one book. Well, there are no, there are no late fees That's anymore. That's true. So that is true. I just would feel guilty yeah. that I'm depriving <laughs> someone else because I'm taking so long. <laughs> that's all right. This librarian supports indie bookstores as well. So yes. that's all well and good. Yeah. So that's great. What yeah. else have you been? Um, so I also uh, actually finished you know, read fully, <laughs> completely in this actual summer, um, The Husband's Secret by Lane Moriarty. And that was really just kind of a fun, quick mm-hmm. read, you know, easy. Um, you know, and, um, well, The Husband's Secret is not necessarily what you think, which right. you think it's like some kind of infidelity or something like that. It was, um, it was, there was like a whole murder intrigue. Mm. So it was kind of a murder yeah. mystery and, um, and then all these different layers and how they connected all these different characters to each other. Um, in, uh, it was based in Australia mm-hmm. and it was kind of went back, back and forth between Sydney and Melbourne and, um, this one little community, it kind of, Reminded me a little bit of what it's like in Mammoth and mm-hmm. being in a small town and everybody knows everybody's business. Right, and, right, exactly. Yeah. You know, like definitely. So and so dated so and so back in high school, mm-hmm. and you know, we've all had those conversations. Yeah. Exactly. I love her books. I've yeah. read a bunch. I've read her husband's secret. I've read a bunch of her books, and I love that they're so layered. Mm-hmm. And there's always, even though it doesn't ever seem like it, like when you're starting out, there's always this element of mystery mm. or, huh? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, did that really happen? And, and trying to get to the bottom of it um, kind of thing. And yeah, she always sets her books in these small towns and yes. usually in Australia because mm-hmm. that's where she's from. Mm. But um Actually, they made one of her books, Big Little Lies, yeah, into a series, into a series but they, re, they re, reset it in Monterey. Right, right. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. But that was a good, good series. Really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I, that's, you know, the things that I, you know, actually turned the pages on. And then I had, you know, we had some traveling um, to and from uh, Southern California and some other things. So we did audiobooks like we always do. That's and all right. Do you guys argue over what audiobook you're going to listen to, or do you, are you pretty compatible? And we're usually pretty compatible. Although sometimes I would say Russ wants to choose some like really dense, like either sci-fi or like a biography or something like that. And I'm like, well, I, I need to stay awake for this drive. <laughs> <laughs> Who's behind the wheel? Right? Right? <laughs> I'm the one that's going to be driving. So let's do something. But I'm, I usually am pretty okay with a lot of the sci-fi mm-hmm. books 
that he picks. And actually those are mostly what we listen to some mm-hmm. really entertaining ones. Yeah. Um, we listened to project hail Mary by Andy Weir right. on a spring trip. Yeah. That was so good. And I just loved, um, how he, uh, there's, there's basically an alien character in this book and I just really loved how he personified this character mm. so much. And then the way that um, the main character worked to communicate with this alien and the bond that they created throughout mm-hmm. the story was just so <laughs> interesting <laughs> and heartwarming. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Um, You're like the third person yeah. on this podcast who's brought that title up. So you just I'm need to read it. have to read it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's definitely. Okay. Yeah. And then um, another one we just finished was called Upgrade by Blake Crouch. And I believe that my, there's a few that I've listened to on Audible that are mm-hmm. um, like Audible originals. This mm-hmm. might've been one of those, but it was just, it was like a really like fast paced kind of fascinating sci-fi story where the premise is that um, this, um, the main character's mother creates a super virus to um, essentially upgrade the human race hmm. And he he and his sister the, uh, are the ones that end up getting the virus, um, and somehow they are they survive it because mm. they have the right like antibodies. I don't know, antibodies or something. <laughs> but it kills out a big portion of the rest of the human race. Yeah, a happy little book. <laughs> it huh. was so uplifting, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it just it brought up all of course all these interesting mm. concepts of you know, messing with genetics Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, you know, the lengths at which you can take with science Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's always kind of fascinating to see what ideas there are out there. (laughs) I love it. And how people turn them into stories. Yeah. And that was, what was the title of that one again? That was called Upgrade. So you got upgraded. (laughs) Yeah. I want, I, I, I think my husband and I would like to listen. Yeah, to it. I mean, I'm just thinking of the conversation yeah. it, would create, it would create. Right? You know, yeah. And it was interesting because the main character, like the upgrades, were all good upgrades. Like basically, mm-hmm. it it eliminated all um, genetic predisposition for any kind of illness mm-hmm. or virus or anything, and then it increased like his uh, muscle mass and his eyesight became perfect and he could he could learn and read at this hyperspeed. So he could read through an entire like textbook on something and immediately retain all wow. of it. So like $6 million man. Pretty of. much, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and his sister got the upgrade and then there was this um, sort of, uh, moral dilemma of how to use that upgrade and right. do we want to use it to create this super species right um and her like the mother's thing was that part of the upgrade was that eventually you lost all of your empathy mm. because oh. that was in her opinion the thing that caused the human race to collapse hmm. And his opinion was that no, that was the thing that the human race needed and so, yeah, it was just, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of interesting things Philosophical that it brought up. There. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, sometimes those, like um, 
a book like that that sets those questions in a, like a sci-fi or an apocalyptic or something fantasy kind of setting takes it out of reality enough that you can actually think about these yeah. things and yeah. have a conversation around yeah. them. That's cool. Yeah. It's very it cool. That sounds good. So that's Upgrade by Blake Crouch. Yes. Is that right? Awesome. We'll put all of them on the website. For sure. Thanks, Kristen. Well, thank you. Appreciate you coming to chat with us today. Absolutely. It's a pleasure as always. (laughs) And thank you listeners for joining us for this episode of the Oxygen Star podcast. We hope you will find us on Instagram at O2Starved or our website, Oxygen Star Podcast. Please let us know what you're reading and Mm -hmm. where you've been adventuring lately. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. In the meantime, take good care, and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us here for Oxygen Star. Our outro music, Iron Bacon, is composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. Incompetech.com, Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.